Welcome to the Sex Magic Podcast, where we explore the connections between sexuality and spirituality, the various cultures and traditions of sex magic, and conversations about everything in between, led by a coven of curious modern witches. If you'd like to follow us on social media, our Instagram is Sex Magic Podcast, our website is sexmagicpodcast.com, and if you want to send us an email, sexmagicpodcast at gmail.com. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible, a truly magical way to experience your favorite books through oral tradition and storytelling. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash sexmagicpodcast. Today, we are going to be diving into a very amorous subject, one that everyone has an opinion on, and that is... What is a soulmate and what is a twin flame? So we're going to be exploring what these different kinds of relationships are and very curious for all of our listeners if you've experienced any soulmate or twin flame interactions and after you listen to this episode shoot us a dm on instagram an email and we're really curious to hear about your experience so i guess let's start off with soulmate because i think we all just agreed soulmate is a bit more common than uh the twin flame and I'm joined here, I'm Tosca, by the way, with all of my co-hosts. We've got Tony and Shady and Bella, and let's dig into this. Tony here, and I feel about soulmate. It was a word that really got, got thrown around. Like, it was like, find your soulmate, take the soulmate quiz, like soulmate, 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 and all the Hollywood representation of love and are you the one and all these types of things where it's like one soulmate. Um, but I found in my life that that is not the case and that soulmates are not always romantic, but they are absolutely parts of the journey of where you are headed in this life, your purpose. They help you to crystallize that, whether they take you further in one direction or show you that maybe that isn't the direction you want to continue pursuing. That's been my experience with soulmates because I've had quite a few of them and I would count relatives and friends among those. Yeah, I agree. This is shady here. I think just people who teach you some strong life lessons. And I feel like a lot of times the relationship can feel different. Maybe once the lesson has been learned, you're like, okay, I feel that like closing or that healing kind of. It makes me think of this, uh, that poem that people say, you know, people are in your life for a season or reason or a lifetime. I guess it's not a poem, but people Hmm. put it on like bathroom walls. And I feel like that's, that's soulmates, people that can just change you and you don't know if it's for good or for bad, but you know that you're changed. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think both soulmates and oh, Isabella here, that's me. <laughs> um, I agree. I feel like both soulmates and twin flames can be romantic or non-romantic. Um, I feel like twin flames more likely to be romantic but less likely to be your life partner because your twin flame is I mean well at least in my understanding is sort of the 
other half of you from before you came down uh, in this iteration of your life. So it's like literally your other half, um, hence twin. But rarely is it your life partner. It's, it's often a very tumultuous and intense relationship, doesn't always end well. And similar, actually, I think, to a soulmate in that some – no – different to a soulmate because I was going to say similar in that once you learn the lesson it ends but I think more commonly for me at least in soulmates like it can keep going on after the lesson is learnt but often with twin flames it's kind of that's it. Tuska here so for me a soulmate I agree in that it is the the season or reason or a lifetime I think that makes a lot of sense and it isn't you know necessarily romantic relationship but I think you feel the energy of a soulmate almost as soon as you meet them. I've had so many friendships that have started because I just instantly felt like this chemistry and I'm like an energetic person. I identify as an empath and so I can really, really feel when I'm like connected to someone and it's when you have that like instinctual thread that is connecting you to them Um, and I think that I've experienced different kinds of soulmates, like of best friends and like family members. I have a cousin who I call my soul sister. And uh, it's interesting because I think we live a lot of lifetimes in this one life that we have. And so as you grow, you might outgrow outgrow a soulmate that you've had. Um, and they definitely are there to teach you things in this life, I believe, and to be partnered with you for what you're experiencing now. But the twin flame is a whole other beast. I have met my twin flame, pretty sure. I don't think you just get one. I think that there are a lot of different lives that we may have lived in dimensions and I don't really understand it nor do I want to or want to try to but the twin flame is really bringing things from another lifetime in which you've experienced something together already and it's almost like unfinished business Um, and it is very connected to the fire element in that it is like a flash, like a bolt of lightning where you experience this crazy cosmic fire together and you are feeding off of each other's energy and then you're done and the candle is blown out and then you're like, I'm left with all this smoke. What the fuck just happened? (laughs) Um, So that's my version of a twin flame. What do you think? Shady here. I feel like, I don't know if I've ever experienced a twin flame. As a Pisces, I feel like I'm like, I have this intense connection with everyone. How do I know if it's actually real or not? I feel like I can romanticize a lot of things too. So yeah, I want some more clarity on how to figure out, you know, whether they're a twin flame or not. Oh my gosh, Tony here. And I just happened to be on my phone looking at... (laughs) twin flame symptoms Um, and I will agree that they are symptoms because I have also met my twin flame in this life I don't know that I believe that there's more than one twin flame I feel because of its history that it it's got like a biblical sort of like even though I'm not necessarily based in any Judeo-Christian beliefs now there it's very similar in Hindu and other things where you start with like 
one cell and you separate it into two and then they are forever connected in whatever way that is. Um, but it feels like you've come down with something very serious, like nothing in my life held a candle to this twin flame for a minute because I was so consumed by the ways that we connected. Um, and it was romantic? It is still on that romance struggle bus, that's for <laughs> sure. Um, it was almost three years ago now. Oh, God, I want to vomit. But um, it was in a soul-gazing session that we connected. And after that soul-gazing session, that was a workshop, we got together and continued to soul-gaze. And the feelings that came up were so all-encompassing that romance was part of it. But I am poly, and he is monogamous. So that is a thing that continues to be a struggle. But we learn from each other in those ways. Um, but yeah, we're trying to figure out how to manage a relationship given the circumstances of this life uh, and also taking into consideration the tremendous pull we have on one another. Yeah, I think that's uh, Isabella here. I think that's an interesting concept, uh, Tosca. I'd never heard that idea before of being able to have multiple twin flames from like different past lives, different iterations of yourself. Um, I think it's an interesting one. And I also like your how you said, like, I don't really care to know because um, I, I really relate to that because my understanding also was that it was like there could only be one, but then in each life you would um, have like a different version perhaps. Um, and there's this beautiful French film that I can't remember the name of. And if I can remember it, I'll put it in the show notes, but um, about this exact concept and then, the, the idea being that if you realize that the person is your twin flame, that was the last life for you both. Like that was the culmination of you finding each other. And I don't think that's true and accurate. I think that's like kind of a fun romantic notion. Um, but I kind of like the idea of, of having more than one twin flame. But then it comes into like, what's the difference between a twin flame and a soulmate? So... Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, like, I don't know. And I think we each can have our own definitions. But I have, like, a point to make in that synchronicities really help when you're trying to understand twin flame stuff. Um, like, for me, this isn't, like, a twin flame thing, but I had a, a meditation dream, like, shamanic journey in which I was in Egypt. And I realize now, like, I, I do have a tie to Egypt for some reason, I was gifted my first tarot deck and it was an Egyptian deck. And I realized like recently that I've dated more Egyptian men than like any other type of like where people are from. And I just think that's like an interesting thing. And I'm not sure why. So I'm like, am I, is like a past life trying to sort through something? Um, but yeah, with the synchronicities, like, you have to be aware of the little like signs and symbols from the universe because like I think the universe will try to help you and teach you when you're going through these Look things. Look for those breadcrumbs. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Certainly. Especially if you like numbers. Numerology is a great tool mm. to notice things. I wanted to uh, bring up some insight from the ancient Greeks. Uh, 
the Greeks defined love with eight different types of love. And I kind of think this would be really helpful as we're having this conversation because we talked about how like soulmates don't have to be romantic, but the Greeks really broke it down in a super cool way. So I just kind of wanted to share. There's eros, which is erotic love, philia, which is affectionate love. And then we have something called storage, which is familiar love. So with your family, there's also ludus, which is playful love and mania, which is obsessive love. Mm. (laughs) And then there's pragma, which is enduring love, which is one I have to think about what that really feels like. Then there's also philosia, which is self-love and agape, which is selfless love. And so I think like when you're experiencing twin flame craziness, it might be a little bit more mania arrows, but when you're having your soulmate, it might be something a little bit more philia agape. Um, So using these tools that the ancient Greeks gave us might be helpful if you're knee deep in love craziness. (laughs) Yeah, with the enduring love one, I just have some bullet points on soulmate versus twin flame. But for the enduring one, it says for twin flame relationships that um, the relationship almost forces you to respond with love as a way to survive together. So compared to, I guess, the soulmate one, it says the relationship can uncover and release past pains, hurts, and trauma so healing can occur. So kind of cool. I I feel like I get confused when the different types of love kind of coalesce together because, you know, you don't just have to have like one. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I've felt, you know, like friend love, but also kind of romantic love. And, you know, not that everything needs to be like pigeonholed into a certain thing, but I'm like, what is this? This interests me, but I kind of also want to know what it is, but maybe it doesn't need to be figured out immediately. Mm-hmm. So. I think there's a lot of maturity that comes from like different types of love as well. Like Eros love is that kind of like playful, like fleeting romance, like spring fling kind of feeling. And then I think Philia is like the more mature, like you are my soulmate, you're my life partner. I'll take care of you when you're sick kind of love. Um, Yeah. I agree about those types of love what I experience with my twin flame in the ways that it's different with my soulmates is that I don't need it to be any way. Like I don't, like I don't have a feeling like let's be, let's be fun. Let's be honestly, truly. I just feel like the connection is so much there that all I want for that person is for him to be happy and that might not be with me and i and i totally understand that and that's why it's constantly this push pull and and one of the parts of twin flame relationships that is pretty pretty universal is that there's usually someone who runs away and one who chases and that's it, fun it's <laughs> it's fun um but sometimes it switches just like you were saying sometimes it goes from like I want this I want this I want this to oh my gosh no we can't we can't do this and that happens often oh I've definitely felt that way then mm. someone's been like yes I want to be with you I'm like get away and then they go away and I'm like but wait like what's going on come back <laughs> Yeah, that's that's really true with the twin flame because like part of it is that this severed part of yourself is coming back. And something that I think we would be really loath to not touch on is 
how much okay so what I want to say is that we do have this nature of twin flames with sometimes it comes as like on again off again relationships Mm -hmm. and that feeling of like I just have to come back like I've heard it described by a mentor as like your soulmate is that person that you seek that you want to be with whether it's like friendship a pet a romantic relationship whatever but the twin flame it's like you can't get rid of Mm. (laughs) and I (laughs) and I feel like we would be loath to not touch on how challenging that can feel for some people listening when they think about abusive relationships yes that's such a good point I'm so glad that you brought that up and I think that like we have a responsibility to ourselves, yes. like to know when things are abusive. And I think in our show notes, we can list some like mm-hmm. um, resources for people who are experiencing any abusive relationships. Right. Because like that's such a similar dynamic to abuse, like where we have yeah. the, the all the adrenaline, the oxytocin from the abuse and then from the ceasing of it. And that creates a cycle that feels really similar to this. And yes. I don't know that I can say categorically that a twin flame would or wouldn't ever abuse a partner I don't think that's a fair statement that any of us could make but if you feel like it is your twin flame but they're abusive like they're not ready for you in this iteration of life so I just want to say like if you're listening to this you're like oh that person's really shitty to me but maybe now that I feel like they're my twin flame like still get the fuck away from them yeah maybe more so because they are your twin flame yeah I mean because it's comes from this idea that you were created at the same time and separated Mm -hmm. you can't do anything about where they are in this life all you can do is be a mirror and take the lesson and move Mm -hmm. forward but I do feel like soulmates sometimes you can come back around and it'll it'll change in what type of love it is you can Mm -hmm. go from that mania to that very (laughs) friendly love Mm, yes so true I think that all of the relationships that we engage in are teachers Mm -hmm. and it's really important to understand that like, I don't know if you guys agree, but I think that people often are just like reflections of ourselves and what we need to see in ourselves and mirrors. And I always say like my, my current partner is, is so wonderful because he shows up and is a mirror to the parts I can't see of myself. And, um, I think that, once you've learned your lesson from your twin flame or maybe even your soulmate, you have to know when it's time to let go. Uh, because if you, if you don't sever ties and it's, you know, past the expiration date, like you're not serving yourself for the next thing. Um, and I would suggest, you know, going into sex magic and witchcraft, uh, cord cutting rituals are the most extreme way to sever ties. And, um, we can share like a little later, maybe another episode, how to do that spell. But it is a, it is a serious magic, you know, spell. So just be careful. <laughs> Tony here. And I just want to say I've done cord cutting spells before. They are usually very wonderful. Um, because if you've gotten to a place where you think you need to do a cord cutting spell, odds are you do need to. And something to take into consideration is just because you sever a tie to someone who's toxic right now doesn't mean that when they do more of their journey and their excavation and shadow work that they could come back and create a new, better tie. So being open to it, because I know that I'm a person who doesn't like the idea of severing something completely because even when one of my plants looks like it's not doing so well, she'll come back with a vengeance. Like some people just need the space. And so don't be afraid to do a cord cutting ceremony because it could promote good new 
ties to even that same person. Yeah, and I love that notion of everybody being a mirror to ourselves. But I would say never is that more true than with a twin flame. (laughs) Because it's like literally a mirror of yourself that is also yourself. But the usually they say it is the opposite sex. That's why I'm not sure that all twin flames are romantic. No, definitely not all twin flames are romantic. Yeah, oftentimes it is because it's the the feminine and the masculine coming together. Yeah, I don't think that has to be the opposite sex though. Well, just things I read. I oh, I, <laughs> I know that the amount yeah. of masculine and feminine right. that flows in you, it's going to be different. To all our Sex Magic podcast lovers, we are so excited to share with you our collaboration with Audible. For all our listeners, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. We do have a few book recs for you. If you're curious about polyamory, check out The Ethical Slut. For a classic to connect with the wild woman archetype, of course, the beloved women who run with wolves. What are you going to listen to? To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash sexmagicpodcast. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash sexmagicpodcast for your free audiobook. Yeah, and I think, like, building on that notion, Tony, of, like, does it always have to be romantic and sexual? If you think of the sort of origin story of Twin Flames as this, like, severing of yourself and then the other version of you getting separated, I don't I don't really want to, like, if there was a clone of me, I don't think I would date it. <laughs> like, I need that duality. So I think that's just kind of, like, an easy way for people to understand that the Twin Flame might not always be mm. sexual or romantic. yeah. yeah. It's interesting for me because my my twin flame was pretty much the first time I ever fell in love. I was 19. So to have that be like the first like real experience I had, um, I had like one boyfriend before that lasted not so long. Um, it was so crazy. Um, but like I, it took a lot of time to let go, but I did realize like what I got from it and it, was definitely about like healing sexual energy and you know diving into my creativity we met in a poetry class Mm. and it was like the beginning of me learning that writing was like my favorite form of artistic expression and he also would like write poetry about me and it was like so beautiful and romantic and also we like destroyed each other in that like really poetic kind of way um but I think like we we healed something within each other and then like it was time to let go that makes me think how did you know that it was a twin flame how do you know um you seem so sure I'm so sure because I I have never felt anything like this with anyone else. And it was it was like when we looked at each other, we spoke in a language that was not words. And it was almost like we were feeding off of each other. Um and it was it was this like chaos kind of love and we would like stay up really late just like talking and sharing like intimate things with each other and having these like artistic creative connections and 
there was definitely a lot of drama that I like won't go into, but like it was really challenging because we, we pushed each other in what we value. And ultimately like they did not want to continue seeing me because I wanted a more like alternative free spirited kind of life. And I wanted to bring that out of them and they needed tradition and like something more stable and normal. And like, they also brought some of that out from like what I needed what that meant to me. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like, I think, you know, I think you do know it's, it's your intuition that tells you like, Oh shit, this is, this is it. But just the way we looked at each other, I was like, okay, this is twin flame. (laughs) Yeah. I, I get that to a degree. It's just because I felt love very intense ways from my very first boyfriend. I saw him walking down the corridor and I was just like, this dude's gonna fuck my life up in the best way. And he did. Um, But there was a time where it was like, and now this is over. But I get the sense with twin flames that it's never really over. It's just never really over because there they're a part of you, so you're never going to give up on yourself. Mm-hmm. And even in your darkest moments, you can hear that other person. And so the learning, I didn't get a lot of chaos. I didn't get a lot of chaos from mine. I got a lot of chaos in my soulmate stuff because we were trying to figure out how to maneuver. But the turmoil in my twin flame relationship is, are we willing to look at each other in this clear mirror and face what really needs to be faced in order to level up together. Mm -hmm. And usually one person looks at the other person and says, "Ah, I don't know. And I can't say that it's always him. And I can't say that it's always me, but I can say that even after I say, we're not going to talk anymore, or he says that we're not going to talk anymore. Three months later, I'll be like, are you thinking about me? And he's like, yes. And (laughs) that's, the struggle bus and I don't think it's ever going to end which is why I don't need to understand it <laughs> we posted on our Instagram uh, probably a couple of months ago about the soulmate versus twin flame question and I don't think we should share handles just due to like consent stuff um but i'd love to share what some people have said about this topic here's one that i love in my experience soulmates help elevate you to the karmic level you were in a previous life or dimension i have no doubt the people i've met in this lifetime were placed in the right moments in my life to help get me through to the next lesson i've leveled up quite a bit since starting this path and the synchronicities get stronger very curious for your talk on the twin flame pot. Well, I hope you're enjoying it. <laughs> I have a post to share. From what I've learned, I believe that twin flames are souls who are similar, almost identical to us. So we get along with them and share a deep level of understanding and kinship with them. Soulmates are complementary souls to ours, so we connect with them, but also learn and grow from them. Twin flames are more for support and validation, soulmates for growth, learning, and evolution. I think we could have either one or many twin flames and soulmates. I believe that my best friend and I are twin flames, and I don't think I found a soulmate yet. I like that uh, 
they mentioned twin flames are more for support and validation. Shady here. Yeah, now that we've been talking about this more, I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> I've had a twin flame. Um, so one of my friends, we can just talk for so long on the phone, like a not okay amount of time that is actually probably detrimental to both of us. But we've had phone conversations that have been like 12, 15 hours long straight, where we just stayed up all night talking. We're enjoying the conversation so much that we just didn't want to get off the phone. So yeah, I feel like after that super long conversation, I was like, I need to chill. But it was in moments of like, you know, just needing support that I would call and we would just talk. And I felt like it was like an eruption of consciousness where we did kind of just understand the same language and we're interested in talking about the same types of things. It's very interesting talking to, I don't know, a person that has just kind of the same thoughts and places that they want to go and they can go very, very deep in conversation. So yeah, definitely have had a twin flame. Yeah, I feel that. And you know, I texted my twin flame the other day because I've been having a really uh, cleansing time in my romantic life. Um, and it feels like a lot of people are turning away from me and I'm like, oh, this is interesting. But I have a very similar relationship with him in all of the tumults that goes on. So I said, like, why, why still be in my life? Why still keep reaching out and communicating when everything can get so hard and so heavy? And he said very honestly that it's because the way we feel when we're together is something that he can only feel with me and he hasn't really felt it as powerfully since. So I could see it being definitely a support thing because in my vision of free love, I will use as much love as I have available to help heal the people around me. But ultimately, he's going to have to be in love and with someone else. So that's the support that I hope to provide. What advice would we give to people who are currently experiencing twin flame, soulmate, energy, chaos, magic, love? <laughs> Just keep breathing and hold on and remind yourself who you are every day and be open to learning and growing and experiencing, but not attaching. And particularly like, I don't know, I just get this feeling that people kind of think, oh, well, maybe they're my soulmate, maybe they're my twin flame. And then they overattach instead of just being present to the experience. Mm. Patience. People take time in their journeys, just like you take time in yours. And it's always clearer from the outside looking in. So be patient with the people that you care about because not being in constant communication doesn't mean you're not communicating. Yeah, I would say if you're interacting with a twin flame, kind of reflect on how you feel after the interaction because it can be very intense. And since they are, you know, a mirror to you, I feel like you can increase your self-awareness and see some of the things that you like and dislike. And that's definitely helped me with self-awareness. I think the advice I would give to anyone going through this is to come back to yourself. 
I think it's really easy to get lost in other people when you're in the heat of a relationship and making sure that you are good. Your relationship with yourself is solid. Um, And I mean, we have so much fire energy happening. Make sure to balance out all of the other elements within you, especially water. And so to connect with the element of water, you can do that by, you know, drinking a lot of really nourishing teas or things that really hydrate you from within. You can also do a lot of ritual baths. Um, There are certain herbs that have a lot of water in them like jasmine so even just smelling a jasmine flower to kind of bring back some like water moon energy I think can be really helpful spent time with the ocean Mm. instead of just sitting on the shore watching her I love trying to sync my breath with the ocean like when it goes out I breathe out and it goes in breathing in you know it's so interesting my relationship with my twin flame kind of ended when one night we ran into the ocean with all of our clothes on wow yeah it was like a really crazy night and I think it like maybe was the marker of like completion that's so funny too because uh for everyone listening we had a sleepover last night and we watched <laughs> the teen witch teen is that what teen, teen witch? witch and there was like a thread in it of like water ending spells mm-hmm. oh you're right yes. and so when you said that i just got like a shock teen of it. witch <laughs> bring it back to 80s if you guys haven't seen that movie it's really good and it's, it's really good. silly and tony recommended it and it was a perfect sleepover movie <laughs> And I guess Blake Lively's mom is in it. That's yeah. who it is. That's it's pretty epic. I'm not gonna lie. I love that. I I know she's super adorable. That red hair, everything. I have definitely been working with writing, journaling, making my hand connect with a page and a pen, but letting my brain do whatever. And I think that especially after a very intense interaction with your twin flame, it is super necessary to get into who you are and what's going on with you. Because if they are an extension or the other side of you, then you and your shadow work, you and your reflective time is just as valuable, if not more so, than interacting with that person. Just to bounce off what Tosca was saying about not getting too caught up, wrapped up, and codependent with another person the experience that you guys are sharing will continue and even if it's not in the ways that you imagine or the ways that you crave you can nourish yourself because it is just an extension of yourself that you're hoping to be with I found a lot of that was me not taking the time to love me because I was like well he is me (laughs) that's a rationalization I have since moved past that and um If anything changes and my twin flame goes away, I'll be sure to let you guys know. Yeah, I feel like embrace the mirror. Mm -hmm. Like don't shy away from being mirror. Like if if you're in, you know, going throughout your day and then you go into the bathroom and you look at an actual mirror and you notice that there's like a leaf in your teeth or mud on your cheek, you're like, oh cool, great information. Thank you very much. You don't like smash the mirror and be like, fuck this shit. (laughs) Or try to marry it. Like Just embrace the mirror. Like maybe that was something you needed to wake up in yourself. It doesn't mean that you have to be that person forever. 
I would love also for us to share some guidance for people who are looking to call in soulmates because I think there's a lot of people who are seeking love and seeking that kind of more philia love. So there are a lot of like spells and magical tools you can use and there's a lot of really grounded, realistic, real life things that you can be doing to call those things in. So I would suggest having a balance of magic and practicality practical magic <laughs> we did it <laughs> boom yeah you definitely can't just do one or the other like you can't just sit in your room all day casting spells and trying to manifest and then never going outside like mm-hmm. maybe right. your postmates driver you know <laughs> will be the one but probably not i mean it's a funny thing because it comes up if you want like a job or employment but you don't fill out the application like that candle's not going to do anything i'm sorry mm-hmm. um that being said, I just read, because I was looking for something to call in new love now that I've got an empty dance card, except for my primary partner who is wonderful and steady as always. Um, and it was Damiana in whiskey. Mm. I've had that before and it is so dangerously good. <laughs> so I'm going to do that, especially now that I'm in a new place physically and metaphysically. Uh, and I will also report back on that because setting the intention of calling in new love, powerful love, love that understands that space is just as much love as be- togetherness and just... I mean, I love whiskey, I love Damiana, and I usually have those things on hand. So if you're a witch like me who has those things on hand, do, join me. Yeah, Shady here. Not going to lie, I found a lot of soulmates through dating apps. And it hasn't always been romantic in a sense, but I feel like when I was just in a mindset of like, okay, I'm just going to go into this without any expectations um, and just being very open and positive and also letting people know on there like, hey, I don't necessarily just want casual sex, but I also like don't necessarily want a relationship and just kind of saying that like off the bat um, really called in a lot of great teachers for me. So I didn't necessarily do anything that ritualistic, but I felt like when I was finally at the point where I was just like, okay, I want to have fun and meet people. Um, that's when it kind of happened. Yeah, I would say just try to focus on bringing more love into your life and and radiating that energy out towards others. Like if you're trying to bring in more romantic love, you might want to work on manifestations about that as like in a general sense, not a super specific one. But then also maybe do some community care, like maybe do meals on wheels or, you know, some kind of charity work, work with some dogs and a dog shelter and experience extending that love out and just see what you get back yeah I was gonna say I met my boyfriend doing some volunteering I had been doing like some volunteering for a couple of weeks and I just like signed up randomly for this farmer's market and we met there and it's a super cute story and I kind of want to punch us in the face but (laughs) yeah my recommendation would be is become your own soulmate and love yourself so much yes. that someone sees this full cup and is just like, oh, I want to bring my full cup to you. Um, one of the things I really dislike about the traditional social like norm kind of what is a soulmate definition and that it's like, they're your other half. Ugh. 
I really dislike that because you are completely your own person and full just as you are and you don't need to have like a romantic partner ever if you don't want one. So just love yourself so much. And I was like in a place of really working on myself for a couple of years and just like loving on myself. And that's when I met my partner and it was super unexpected, but I think it was because I was in that right state of love with myself. Um, and another like more magical recommendation is to work with Rose. The Rose is one of the, I think it is the most highest vibrational plant in the world. <laughs> and I think there's a reason why we give roses on Valentine's Day. It is divine love. It is all kinds of love. It is all those Greek definitions and meditating with rose petals all over your body or drinking rose water or taking a bath with rose petals. Like overwhelm yourself with how much love can be around you and then allow yourself to be open to the possibility of love yeah if you're looking for someone to complete you complete yourself and then look for someone that complements that mm. Mm -hmm. I mean right before I met my primary partner I had an experience where someone decided that they wanted to be in a monogamous relationship with someone else and that's a totally viable choice I respect it I encourage it if that's where your feelings are um but my ego was really bruised. And when I recognized my ego's presence in a place where only my heart should be, I took a step back and I decided to date myself and spend time with myself. I started taking myself out for dinner and drinks. I didn't look for human interaction outside of if that was something that I was called to that day, that moment. And it took about two and a half months before I met my primary partner of just me being very happy that I was who I was, that I could take care of myself the way that I did. And frankly, it makes, <laughs> it makes me harder to please in a relationship because there's so much that I know I do. And I like that. I like that I make it hard. Yeah, be hard to please. <gasps> I love I it. Mm -hmm. But know how to please yourself because that's, that's who you always have. That's always where our, our balance comes from, knowing where to take care of ourselves and when we can take care of others. Hey there, Tosca here. So I wanted to take a quick moment to share with you all about how you can support the Sex Magic Podcast. If you haven't already, you should follow us on Instagram. We also have a Facebook page. Pretty much everything is under Sex Magic Podcast. You can also find us at sexmagicpodcast.com and we have all of our links there. But most importantly, we recently launched our Patreon and it's really important to support us because our collective of co-hosts offers a diverse perspective on sex and magic. Though we each come from various backgrounds and cultures, our unifying passion is to empower and explore sexuality, spirit, and the occult in a safe and approachable environment. Each week, we offer a new episode on a fresh subject in the realm of spirituality and sexuality. We interview a variety of guests, from authors to psychologists to witches and beyond. We strive to share content that is educational, inspirational, and mystical. So join us on our journey through sex magic by supporting the work we do. 
Every dollar goes towards propelling us forward and will allow us to continue creating podcasts. By supporting our podcast, you'll join our community and be part of the conversation. Our Patreon patrons will gain access to various resources, rituals, recipes, and behind-the-scenes access. With more funding for our Sex Magic podcast, Coven can dedicate more time to crafting sacred offerings to our supporters, sex magic courses, videos, spell books, and we really would love for you to be part of our sexy little coven. So I also wanted to take a moment to shout out a few of the patrons we have so far. Shout out to Melina Beatrice and to Meredith Andrews. Thank you so, so much. And also a shout out to my boyfriend and to my mom. Thanks y'all for supporting. It means a lot. <laughs> so follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, our website, and support us on Patreon. We love you and we want to continue offering these amazing podcast episodes and we're so grateful to do that and have your support.